Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. From the world's first officially recognised sim racing group, it's the Tora Radio Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world. This is the March 2020 edition of the Toro Radio Show. I am speaking to you from my bunker in Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Is where that sounds like it was going, Ben? Sorry. Where we do occasionally talk about sim racing news. You've already heard him already, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me in the booth tonight is Matt. Did he know he likes rugby, Hunter? Literally. I guess. Matt, every time we do this show, about five minutes before we start, it's just full of you complaining about rugby. In fact, I resent that Jordan does it as well. Not as much. I'll have you know, we we lost a match um, last weekend, and I have not complained about it once to you. Everyone else, proving, but not you. Anyway, proving my point. Mm. Proving my point. Um, I'm a Norse, of course, I we know. are also joined by Jordan. You will be upgraded, Gross. <laughs> what an inside joke! Uh, Please don't tweet happened. that picture. <laughs> you need, you I will tweet that picture. Oh, and joining who us, are you, Jordan? <laughs> who, 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 who? Anyway, oh, God. Potentially joining us later this evening is Lewis, part-time for Easter Saturday. <laughs> Again, this train, has, jokes. this chain train has thrown itself clean off the rails, and we're only welcome a to March, the month of all the jokes that none of the audience will understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he did say uh, he did say the people of the world, and I mean, wow, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Significantly less now because anyway, not not finishing that <laughs> I joke. I was gonna make not joke. finishing that joke. The six listeners that we have left, thank you for yeah. listening to the tour radio show here on RadioLamont.com. Please enjoy <laughs> your forthcoming demise. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we should move on. But before we talk about sim racing before we talk about sim racing news, mm. Matthew, go on. Um, we actually do have a special interview. Um, I got a chance to sit down with Dan Neiman, who's also known as Lazarus Force One, sim racer on the Forza RC circuit, and we got to talking about what he, um, what he does, what um, he wants to do, and what the future looks like for him. Our first special guest on tonight's show is Dan Nyman, or as he's better known, Force One. One of the fastest and youngest drivers to compete in the Forza Race Championship, Dan has made a name for himself both on the track and in the Forza Paint booth. He recently earned the title of North America's fastest driver by winning World Gaming Network's Forza 7 competition, a competition in which he did not lose a single race he started. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah. So, how, when did you first get started with sim racing, or just racing in general? Um, I got started back in 2015, when I was racing go-karts still pretty much every other weekend, and some of the kids I was racing against were constantly urging me to get on Xbox Live and race with them in the off-season, so 
I caved in and bought an Xbox One and Forza 7 for my birthday, and the rest was history. Okay. So, how long were you karting beforehand? Did you start at a really young age? Or um, is it what you just started doing it as a teenager? Uh, I started when I was nine years old, and I had raced around our yard for years before that on, like, ATVs and stuff. So, I've always had a knack for racing, and... When I turned nine, my brother and I got into go-kart racing, and we stuck with it for a really long time. I think I made it to 10 years in the sport, so my history with racing goes back a really long time. So do you have, like, family history in racing? Um, Is your dad a car guy, like that kind of thing? My dad's a huge car guy, but he never had the chance to really race in the sense that we were able to. So mm-hmm. I think when the when the time came and we were old enough, he definitely wanted to give us that opportunity that he didn't have for himself. Yeah, I, I see that the see that type of like storyline throughout pretty much everyone that I talk to. Like even for myself, I got interested in racing because my dad was a car guy and my mother was extremely patient with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. So you haven't been racing that long, I guess, in the scheme of themes. Um, was it always just Forza is your huge thing that you were focused on? Or do you, like, branch off into other games as well? Um, from the beginning, it's been all about Forza for me. It's the most accessible game, so it was easiest for me to get into. And for the longest time, that was all I ever played on Xbox. But lately, I've been fortunate, you know, to win win some prize money and get some access to other simulators but i still just keep coming back to console racing because of immunity and the way it is yeah that's definitely one of the things that i like about forza is that it's so accessible but it's not like dumbed down if that makes sense yeah like, for sure there's some actual physics there how be it, <laughs> yeah how be it what's the simcade it's a word yeah a lot so well what it's you... funny you bring that up okay because go I don't think, even though Forza is not a simulator, I don't think I'd be where I am today in esports without having real-world racing experience because there's so many aspects from the mental side of things that just transfer straight over. Mm-hmm. And you can see a lot of the professional Forza players, Lage being a perfect example, have all of the qualities of a really strong race car driver in real life. Yeah. Um, I remember when I talked to and actually interviewed um, your buddy... Evan, uh, yep. Raceboy77, which, by the way, that Twitter battle was hilarious. Um, when I talked to him about that, that's where he first got started. He was doing drag racing at a young age. So yeah. he also had that um, like install of a racing driver mentality whenever he got started doing sim racing and things like that. So what are you doing when you're not on Forza? I, I know you're a college student. What are you studying now? Uh, I'm currently studying meteorology at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University down in Taintona Beach. Um, I live half a mile from the Speedway, and mm-hmm. to be honest, the majority of my free time is just spent catching up on schoolwork that I put off when I'm trying to prepare for these events. Isn't that always the case? Yeah, for sure. Um, I found in the last three semesters of college that I literally pick my class schedule based on when I think I will have events and when I think I need to be able to practice. So because most of my teammates live overseas, I make sure to not have any classes in the afternoon so I can totally dedicate that time to practicing with them. Yeah. As a fellow American, I know what how difficult it is to have teammates who are across the pond. 
um, one of the small teams that I was on when I first got started, it was I was the only American. <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's the evening. No one is on. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Um, so your friendship with racers, Tobin, is pretty well known. Did you guys meet through Forza, or is there another connection outside of that? Uh, Tobin, that is? Yeah. Who did I say? I thought you said race play, but I might be losing it. <laughs> uh, I might have been. I meant Tobin, yes. Yeah. Um, Tobin and I met through a guy called Super GT, who, if you follow Sim Racing on YouTube, you might have heard of him. Uh, uh, Mr. Ram Shadow himself. Yeah, exactly. So Steve was hosting a community tournament back in July of 2016, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And he basically went out on Twitter and said, if you're free on this date and you want to race on my team against Adax Johnson, who was another YouTuber on Forza 7 at the time, Forza 6, um, just send me a message and we could see if I can add you to the team. So... Tobin and I, completely unaware of each other's existence, both responded to Steve's message and ended up on a team together for the first time in this community event. Um, we didn't even practice together until the race day, and we just ended up in a party on track at the same time. And our driving styles just clicked instantly. It was like that competitive fire that we still have today was just there from the moment we were on track together. Mm-hmm. And it's really strange how that happened. I feel like Tobin has so much in common with me, despite living so far away. It's almost like we're the same person from a different part of the world. Yeah, it's so weird how that kind of thing happens, where it's a giant world, and yet it's not all at the same time. That this weird little hobby, this little niche hobby that we occupy, can bring people together so much like that. Yeah. Um, so what, what is your proudest racing moment, whether it's your karting, uh, whether it's Forza, but you're not allowed to say the, that you're the North America's fastest driver besides uh, that. Well, I think I'd have to go back to 2019 when, uh, race boy and zoom and myself had the opportunity to stand on the pony at Le Mans. Um, we actually didn't even do that well. If you look at the grand scheme of things, um, we finished like 16 seconds behind the winning team in the final race. But mm -hmm. just having the opportunity to stand on the podium at Le Mans was, I think, the moment in sim racing for me where I finally had everything put into perspective. Because I had like had many great accomplishments before that, but this was an hour before the biggest endurance race of the world. And I was mm -hmm. standing on a podium that had hundreds of races of history occur right there. And I was in front of thousands of people. Um, it was one of those opportunities where the hand, the hair stands up on the back of your neck and you realize just how lucky you are to be a part of this space. Yeah, that, that would be a pretty special moment right there. I kill myself now because um, they told us before we went on the podium. I actually joked with uh, one of my racing idols, Alan McNish, about this when we were about to walk out onto the podium. And he said, leave your phone here. Because you're going to be soaking wet with champagne by the time you get back. So I did that and left my phone with my bag back inside of the tower just off to the side. Mm -hmm. And ever since, I've just regretted not taking a picture while I was up on the podium. Because that's one of those things that I'm not sure I'll ever get to experience it again. And I just wish that I had like, you know, that proof to show 
my friends years down the line that it ever happened to me because it is just so surreal. Yeah, it, it definitely would be surreal. But, you know, you're extremely young. You're, um, you're a fair bit younger than me. I'm <laughs> <Without laughs> saying what the years difference is. Um, gosh, you're young. But I wouldn't say that you're never going to get that opportunity again because, you know, I actually remember when you signed up for Torah, Dan, I actually like processed your registration into your first. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. I just, (laughs) um, I also remember when you started, um, getting into F4H with Tyler, um, Diablo fellow Torah staff member. He's been on the show before all that jazz. Um, and I remember thinking, well, that makes sense just because I, I remember this young kid showing up at Toro and just kind of wrecking everyone's faces in. Yeah, well, I don't know. It hasn't always been that easy for me, but that might be like a clouded perspective. But, I mean, I just have always been such a competitive person that the moment I signed up for Tora, I didn't want to just be a member of Tora. I wanted, wanted to, to be win a there. champion in the tour. Yeah, exactly. And it took me a long time to do it. I didn't win my first Toro championship until three or four times I had appeared into the Forza RC. That's how mm-hmm. hard it was for me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> my Toro championship came on the very end of Forza 4 when there was basically 12 people racing <laughs> in the dark times when Forza 5 was the oh i see yes we don't talk about those times um it's like voldemort really so uh money is no object you get to race wherever you want in whatever car you want in real life what are you doing where are you um i'm signing myself up for the gtd class and running the rolex 24 once um since probably since i was six years old when jimmy johnson had raced for the bob stallings team Mm-hmm. That was like the one endurance race that just meant so much to me. It kicked off the year. It looked so special, especially because I could wake up in the morning and be a part of the endurance with the drivers and watch the sun come up as the cars were on track. Um been fortunate to watch that race a few times in person now, and it would be so special to just you know compete for a Rolex and be a part of all of that history. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I would agree with you on that. That That's definitely, like, if I had the ability to go do that, that would be something that I would do. For sure. Yeah. Um, One last question before I kind of, like, throw it to you so you can promote whatever you want in the last <laughs> Um, So something that we talked about a lot on the Toro Radio Show is this idea that sim racing is becoming the new, like, stair step into real racing do you kind of agree with that or do you think it's just a little bit of a different um space in the motorsport world um i think personally as somebody who's come from the real world to sim racing that i don't i don't want it to just be a stepping stone and i spent 10 years racing go-karts so i know all about that first step of Mm -hmm. getting into motorsport and i think that kind of takes away from the the talent and the work that goes into being a champion on a game like this. Um, it's a, it's such an honor to be one of the best in the world on Forza. I don't think that that should be a goal that you should want to move past. I think being a world champion on a video game is its own special and unique thing. Um, it's great to see people like 
you know, James Baldwin is a perfect example of somebody who's in the process of making that transition to the real world. Mm-hmm. But I think that link between the real the real world and esports should be an exception and not necessarily the rule. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's a lot... You see a lot more of people going in the one direction than going in the other. Like, um... Uh... Ash Sutton, the... Yeah. Like, 2018 BTCC champion. Was it 2018? I think it was I think it was 2018, yeah. yeah. Um, he started with sim racing. He raced at Tora. Um, and then... I can never remember which one it is. The NASCAR driver that... Um, Dale Jr. found on iRacing, and now he's in the Cup Series. Um, Byron? I want to say William Byron. Byron came yeah. off iRacing. Ty Majewski as well. Well, he's not made it to Cup yet. He's just an amazing iRacing driver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that whole, just that Coca-Cola Series was the peak end of series. That whole series yeah. is just mental. Just the amount of talent that's there. For sure. Yeah, but- so... Just to carry on with that point, I think yeah. the beautiful thing about sim racing is that it is becoming the new purest form of motorsport. You physically cannot buy talent. They say that about you know some of the lower lower levels of the motorsport ladder, but when it comes to sim racing, there is no more equal platform to prove your skill. And um, I think that should be preserved. I think that should be honored and appreciated instead of just you know, being another part of becoming a race car driver. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting perspective. Just, wow, it can be a step. It should be its own thing. I kind of like that. In a way. Yeah. All right. So last couple minutes before we need to get back to the booth. Um, what do you want to promote? What what's, what do you have going on right now? What's something that we should be watching out for? Um, I guess at this time, just keep an eye on Lazarus, you know. I think mm-hmm. for my personal life and sim racing at the moment, um, I couldn't feel more motivated. You know, I haven't felt this way since 2017 when I first made the Forza RC Finals. Um, uh, I appreciate all the support that I've been getting because it's kind of just put into perspective like how lucky I am. And I keep thinking that every single night since, you know, winning the World Gaming Finals. It's just... I kind of took for granted for a long time in esports and i might have rustled some feathers because people felt that i had an ego but i finally like achieved the goal in sim racing that has shown to me that like it's all been worth it and all of this effort is just leading up to something special um in terms of our team we have a lot of big things coming up we have ross competing in the uh lama esports series on saturday and we have two more rounds of that before we'll be competing at the final in Lama, hopefully. Maybe I'll be able to t- take my phone onto the podium this time. <laughs> you might um, want to take some water protection of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Of some sort. <laughs> I might have to invest in a new iPhone that's waterproof. <laughs> um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks or maybe a few months, we'll also have the Forza RC to look forward to as well. And I think the community could just explode with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Dan, thanks for sitting down with me and talking for a couple of minutes. Now let's toss it back to me and the other guys back in the booth. Thanks again for sitting down with me, Dan. Um, how did you guys like that interview? Would... Very insightful. 
It's always good. To, yeah. It's always good to have um, some of the you know big names from uh, esports racing uh, get involved in our in our yeah. lovely little show. I I did really like that um, his opinion about motorsports being the next kind of like grass like hmm, how sim racing is like kind of not the real like new grassroots step to go into motorsport how it should be kind of like their own separate things yeah i, I yeah I, th- I think there's elements of both involved i mean we know how good yeah. sim racing is for training and, and that sort of purposes yeah but you know for people who can't necessarily afford because you know it's not be about the bush yeah. even karting is expensive yeah, and Dan has done a fair bit of karting, so mm. he's familiar with that concept. Anyway, um, we do have much news to get to, so let's go ahead and get started with Forza much news. Much news. Much news. Um, wow. There are not much Forza news, as we are still in that dry spell between when the Glass Motorsport game came out and when the next one comes out, potentially sometime in fall 2020, whenever that happens or holiday 2020, whenever the Xbox Series X comes out. I'm, I'm, well, it's holiday 2020. I'm, yes. I won't lie, I am perturbed somewhat. Perturbed? Perturbed. Um, my, my, why my, are you perturbed? My purr is perturbed <laughs> because it's, it, it, it's interesting how, because they have sort of said about certain titles that are coming out on, um, you can't even say coming out on on the on the Series X because then they they're sort of coming out on the whole family. Um, yeah. But Forza, I mean, we we've all we all kind of assumed that this is the year that we'll get a new Forza Motorsport, but we haven't heard a single iota officially to indicate that yet. Which I'm not being funny. It's getting on a bit. It's March. I mean, we probably won't hear anything official. Until at least E3 June. Uh, well, assuming coronavirus hasn't stopped everybody from going even then. See, I was going to try to avoid that joke. <laughs> I purposely like stopped I myself jo- from telling that joke I'm... not 10, 15 minutes ago. I'm, I'm not jo- <laughs> The thing is, I'm not joking. I mean, you look at the thing, things that have been sort of stopped from happening internationally as it is already. Oh, there was a thing, there was an um, esports related event that was um, cancelled. Last week wasn't there to do with coronavirus? Oh no, it was motorsport. It was motorsport. It was the uh, auto show in Germany. Yeah, you mean you that mean was... the Geneva Motor Geneva, Show? Geneva, Geneva, not Germany. Geneva. They began with a G. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to spelling the, the Zoom highest radio show. level. The highest level of professionalism here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in all seriousness, I mean, you know, if you think this isn't going to affect, well, it already is affecting, affecting motorsport, and it's going it, to. It, the potential for it to affect large, you know, large gatherings of people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you could make all the stereotypical jokes about about gamers living in their basements, therefore not getting ill. Is by the by, we we won't go there because you know um, we're bigger than that. But you, you know, certain stereotypical views of the demographic makeup of uh, gamers and games developers. Um, and also the geographical location of where E3 takes place potentially does put it in if this is still going on when the E3 happens. That's assuming any of the actual peep, any of the um, developers even turn up because half of them seem to be pulling out of it, don't they? PlayStation aren't going. 
I think Activision aren't. I think it was Activision said they're not going as well. Something like that. But I, I don't remember who always who is and who isn't going now. All I'll say, all I'll say on the matter is, if and when E3 takes place, it will be fa- it will be pretty much a, a Microsoft Xbox rollover because they'll have the whole place to themselves. So we get to see even more of Halo Infinite if you're that way inclined. I mean, is that a bad thing? I I yeah. I can always anyway, take, I, was, I can always we, take another Halo. Yeah. Well, seeing more Forza things is always a good thing. Exactly. I like Forza. Come on, roll on anyway, Forza. Um, Come on. Let's get it done. Anyway, so we don't know when Forza 8, even if it's going to be called Forza 8, as we talked about. Like, we've talked about a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, we don't know when it's coming out, what it's going to be called, what it's going to entail yet. Um, they're being very quiet right now. So what we're, saying is, what we're saying is, great news, we think there's another Forza coming out, but we know nothing about it. Yes, The ultimate much. in speculate. This is the best speculation I think that's ever possi- <laughs> been possible to have. I do. I do want to highlight a couple things. Um, a couple cars that were just added to Horizon 4, though. Yes. Um, the first one being the Aston Martin Vulcan AMR Pro. Yum. <laughs> Wrong game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> the other one is... This is actually one that I do want to mention because it, it's a signifier of um, what's going on behind the scenes. The Lexus LFA has returned to Forza. Ah. Yes. One of the best so that... cars in the whole entire of history. Yes. So the uh, Forza Toyota ties are slowly regrowing, and that's is a good it, thing to see. Is it in it? Is it in game now? It is. Um, I don't remember. Doesn't the Vulcan only really it, appeared it's... last week? Um, I think it. It's you can only get this card by completing fifty percent of the summer festival playlist, which was three weeks ago now. Oh. But I'm sure if you go into the games, um, the games like auction house, you can probably be able to find one for like. It'd just five, be, it would just be interesting. Five million in-game credits. Make that sound as good as it used to be, or as it should be, rather. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, the, so that was the fourth news. Well, I was going to say that the other two cars that came out at the same time, one was a 1984 Rover SD1. Wow. One of these things doesn't belong here. And the other was the 1994 Ford Supervan 3. Excellent. Which, which is just stupidly bonkers, and I love I, it. I think I might know which one's the odd one out. Yes. It's the Supervan, isn't it? Mm, although, maybe. Although that would be the mo- that be the world that be the most successful SD one ever because it would be the only SD one that doesn't rust into in you know into the ground within about five minutes of it leaving the virtual showroom. Yes, this is true. I think anyway, it used to be a touring car actually, the SD one. I think it was at one point. Yeah. Maybe TW. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. anyway, moving on. Mm. Um, GT Sport. Uh, we've had another update and a new edition of cars. Yes. Um, there's only three cars this time. The, for this wor- first one, Matt, please try to control yourself. Is the Aston Martin DBR9 GT1. Nice. Yes. Well, I'm very... himself. So I, I watched. I watched the um, uh, the GT Sport races that they did from. Um, 
Sydney uh, when they showed this car off. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they raced at Brands Hatch, if I recall correctly. And you know what? Actually, bear in mind the historical problems I have with GT and their sound. Um, in packs, really good. Really quite impressed. And the car's just a damn beautiful thing to look at anyway. And there it is. Bit of a the other <laughs> bit of a strange addition, though. This, like, I mean, it's an old car. I mean, yes, but does it, it even, doesn't? Does it even have anything to sort of compete with? Is there any other GT ones in there? Um, I have to look. I don't remember off the top of my head. I mean, it's it's GT Sport, so they kind of do the same thing with like Forza does, where they kind of jam all of the general GT cars into one thing. So I would assume because I haven't fired up my playstation in like three months um i would assume that it probably would go into the gt3 class to be raced with those cars yes actually that is correct um they talk about how with the new aston martin sliding into gt3 or gr3 excuse mm -hmm. me what they call it in game there's also an update to the balance of performance calculations that come with that so pretty cool uh the other two cars in this pack were the fiat 500 cute yeah very... don't don't diss that car it's a very good car it's not the, the yeah but it's not the it's not the if... um 595 though is it no it's not because that is... uh, there's nothing wrong with the fiat 500 the 595 is a, for a fiat Jordan. 500 is absolutely stunning and there are three i tell you again three in this town alone and this is a Jordan, different Devon it... town if we get to talk smack about my former car choices, we get to talk smack about your current <laughs> car choices. Have you got a standard? Have you got a standard Fiat Five Hundred? I do. You're not a hairdresser, are you? It's not a white Fiat Five Hundred. You're not a twenty-four though, so... year old woman either, are you? <laughs> my dad didn't buy me the car. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I am not a member of Fiat Five Hundred Twitter. We don't have to worry are about you this. Are you orange? <laughs> No, I'm not in the White House. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, the last car in the pack was the Nissan 180SX, and there was much rejoicing among the drifting community. That's a pretty standard, uh, yeah, pretty standard drifter, that. Yeah. It, Beautiful. It, it's like, also, I know this look, was... up, look up a picture of a stereotypical drift car. There's five times at a... Ten, it's probably going to be that car. Mm. <laughs> well, Except where was with I... the other ten being at a Sylvia. So what was I watching? Oh, when I watched the, um, you know, they did that. The FIA did that. Um, that sort of like motorsport Olympics thing, Nations Cup or whatever it was. Mm, and they yeah, did uh... they did it at Vallelonga, and they had a drifting, um, like segment to it. And I swear, because what, what you've just said is absolutely correct for the rest of the world. But in this competition, I swear, every other car was an M3. <laughs> was the M3 is probably like the third more popular choice. I'd have, I'd, see, I'd have a Nissan, I think, if I was going to do drifting. Mm -hmm. I'd have a yeah, 500 you can, you can fit a um, Alice One into a, into a Nissan. Most people do. You've, uh, not, not what? That. 
not touching it. Not going are, are there. Are you not in touch with the drift community? Like I am. Are you not one with the Mopar? No. <laughs> I am one with Let's the Mopar. On. The Mopar is one with me. No. This is the way. <laughs> Mopar, no car. Anyway. Um, Let's move on. I have spoken. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> Disney, please don't sue us. Um, <sighs> moving right up. Jordan, do you want to take this next one? Uh, related GT Sport news. Kind yes. of, isn't it? So. Kind. Sorry? Kind of, yes. Kind of, yes. Um, so, in the world of sim racing news. Um, we may have briefly mentioned last month about Igor Fraga uh, winning his first race in the uh, New Zealand, uh, the Toyota Racing New Zealand series, or whatever, whatever it is called, the Toyota Racing series. Mm-hmm. Well, in uh, after the show went out, he only went and won the damn championship. For those of you who don't know, Igor Fraga is a, a GT Sport champion, former F1 esports racer. I don't think he won. Uh, you know, part of he it, was, but he well, was in it. Like, he's, refer- yeah. he's referred to as competitor, so that basically means, yeah, yeah. Not he's a very not good Brendan Lee, basically. But either way, yes. So he went on to win the Toyota Racing Series in New Zealand. Previous champions, including the likes of Lando Norris, and um, a couple of days before he won the championship, he was confirmed to be taking part full-time this year in the FIA F3 Championship, the support series for Formula One. So um, that's probably the most high-profile sim racer turned real racer, although he did do real racing beforehand as well, since Jan Martinborough, I would want to say. Did Jan get to Formula Two? I think he did F2. I think he did, and obviously he's well-known in the GT um, racing scene, having raced with Nissan and uh, won the GT Academy and stuff like that. So, yeah, very very good to see more sim racing representation in real racing. And I think, well, Igor is a bloody brilliant driver. So I I do think he has a very good chance of doing very well this year in F3. Um, He's teammates with um, David Schumacher, by the way. Which is Ralph's son, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I think uh, everyone might want to keep an eye on um, Igor this year. In F3, uh, you won't be able to miss him either because he has the Gran Turismo logo emblazoned on the side pod mm-hmm. of, of his uh, Sheru Racing F3. Yes, ah. he'll he'll probably be the car that's leading the race. Yes, he'll be one of them, especially. Yeah, you've got a lot of good people in that series this year. It's going to be really 30 exciting. Thirty cars in, in potentially in the first race. Yep, if it goes ahead. If it goes ahead, which we mm-hmm. hope it will. Yes. Um, moving right along, uh, Jordan. Hello again. Why why does it say Grand Theft Auto on our <laughs> run of show? I thought it why, was time. Why, are, though, why I are we talking about Grand Theft Auto on our occasional sim racing news <laughs> I show? I hope to God that it was a typo. Well, yes, from GT Sport to GTA. Do you like that segue? Uh, I thought that was pretty good. It only took know, me a couple of hours. Know, to wait, that wait, I know some racing drivers had a, some shady dealings and. A bit of a dodgy pass when it came to you know excessive um, womanizing and and um, cigarette abuse, but I don't know. James that, that... Hunt would be a good GTA protagonist, wouldn't he? <laughs> anyway, um, yes, you. Um, that isn't a typo, believe it or not. Uh, GTA or Grand Theft Auto Online 
is still going, despite it being, uh, I think the game came out in 2014, 2013. It's Something just like incredible yeah. life that it's been given. I don't think there's a multiplayer game out there that's got the longevity that GTA Online has had. And the maybe latest update. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah, maybe. That's that's the incredible thing about GTA, is that it's just, <laughs> it's still just as popular as it was when it first came out. And that is a testament to the numerous updates that we've been receiving for the game including this month, uh, or uh, last week to be more precise, uh, Formula One cars. Or open-wheel racers. So uh, obviously it's not called Formula One, because could you imagine the licensing that they'd have to get for that? But there is a classic 1970s, let's call it a a knockoff version of a Formula One car, and a classic 1980s knockoff of a Formula One car. Um... Yeah, Formula One racing So in GTA I, Online. I, I have two comments. Mm-hmm. First of all, I bet anyone who was sitting down to listen to this show, whether it's live or in the podcast form, did not expect us to talk about GTA today, <laughs> because I certainly didn't. Um, the other thing is, given my limited knowledge of how um, Rockstar Gaming does their vehicles... Um, <laughs> They, they are very fast and loose when it comes to, like, having a car in the game, but it's not breaking any copyright laws. But you can clearly tell but at the same time what it's meant it to be based on. Well, this yeah. is no exception as well, because the two cars that they have, one of them is called a Progen, which is the uh, in-game version of um, a certain British manufacturer that would rhyme with um, O'Laren. <laughs> Cryptic. And it, ev- it even has a uh, a uh, dubious sponsor in red and white. So I'll mm. let you fill in the blanks there. And the other one is the Ocelot, which is usually a um, version of Lotus slash Jaguar that's in the game. And it has a very similar livery that's black and gold. Yeah. So I... they're not exactly being subtle, but equally, yeah. there's nothing that these manufacturers could do because they are different. We are talking. Yeah. We are talking about a a game that, in a previous iteration, had a sedan that you could steal that was called a Mundano. <laughs> and it's um, true. Which is not being, Which is actually perfect, perfectly, uh, perfectly descriptive of, of its real life counterpart. Yeah. yeah. There. This is also the gaming franchise that also has a car that's obviously a Dodge Charger, but they call it the Dukes. Which is, <laughs> if you're familiar with TV shows from the yes. 70s and 80s, is very obviously a subtle joke towards. Yes. yes. So yes, if, you, if, you, um, if you're missing out on, or if you're impatient in waiting for F1 2020 to come along, you can get a similar experience by loading up Grand Theft Auto Online right now. <laughs> Which Similar, is... he says. Similar. <laughs> Which is it does look very good. I'm going to have to try it out at some point. It does look really, really good. And GTA Racing I, is probably I, one of I the feel... things that's kept it fresh for so long. I feel like I shouldn't have to ask this question, but I'm going to anyway. Um, how are GTA's driving physics? Do you know what? They're not terrible. <laughs> I, what? I would actually liken them to a little bit less... Um, so, you know, on the latest grid, you can feel kind of understeer, oversteer kind of thing. Kind of. 
if you take out the feeling of understeer and oversteer, it's quite similar. So it's basically numb. Not numb. It's it's pick up and play. Let's call it's it that. Accessible. It's really enjoyable. That's it okay. is really enjoyable GTA racing and. Um, yeah, of course, it's not like a sim or anything like that, but it is. It's there's a reason it has survived as long as it has, and uh, yeah, this is just another rather unexpected but probably successful update for GTA. So, yeah, go su- and check it out. Speaking of successful updates, should we talk about um, great news? Good news. Yeah. Good. <laughs> moderately, good news? moderately happy news that the Intercontinental GT Pack. Was oh, out, yes. and some yes. of us, some of us, not quite all of us, have now tried it. Yes, um, we again we mentioned right at the end of the or during last the last show last month that the Intercontinental GT pack had indeed arrived, but it had arrived so soon to the show going out that we uh, hadn't had the chance to really try it. Well, I have tried it. I don't know whether I don't think either of you two have tried it. Not yet, because I haven't downloaded the game yet. Ah. And I'm currently PC-less, even though it's supposed to be here sometime this week. I'm just going to butt in very quickly, because this may shock and surprise you. Well, it'll shock and surprise some people, not necessarily you two, because we obviously talk off air. Mm -hmm. I have dusted off my wheel. (gasps) (gasps) Say it isn't so! (laughs) And I am currently... I am currently... In the process of making sure that it isn't going to explode, um, that's usually having, a good thing. Having yeah, not been, u- having not been turned on for five years, don't make any jokes. I don't. Which wheel think... do you have? Yeah, I don't I think have... I know what wheel you have. I have the Fanatec CSR. Oh right. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. It's so not a terrible one with club. I had sport, no idea. With, with club sport pedals, it's been nice. it, it's been um, folded up on the on the Fanatec base. Um, in my <clears throat> in my wardrobe for five years. Um, okay. And I thought, seeing as I've got eye racing now, I've dug it out and mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a thorough check over. And hopefully, if it doesn't explode, I will fire it up. And um, yeah, because I discovered one thing about eye racing doesn't work with a pad. I could have told you that information. Yeah. Yeah. That said, if if you're um, determined enough, you can probably get iRacing to work well with a pad. I, I know our friend uh, Mikey um, has yes. been having relative success with that, uh, and Travis as well. I, I, um, I can I can circulate I can circulate well enough with a pad, but it's not ideal. But you're not going to get into any top splits. N- no. Well, uh, one game you should definitely yes. try when you mm. um, get your wheel working to full. Uh, full, when your wheel is fully operational, is um, a Seto Corsa Calzone is yes. what you're talking about. I, Calzone. So, which is <laughs> which, um, and and kudos to um, kudos. Yes, oh, uh, because it's just I will. Welcome I will, to the Tory Radio Show where we do occasionally have alliteration. Yes. Um, <laughs> Talk proper How like we never said kudos to kudos before. <laughs> Talk proper like what I does. I don't know, um, honestly. Um, so the Intercontinental GT pack, yeah. as we were talking about before all of this 
<laughs> welcome to the Torah Radio Show, where we occasionally stay on topic. Yes, um, so for go. those of you who weren't around for last month, the Intercontinental GT Pack consists of the 2019-2020 liveries, in some cases, for the Intercontinental GT Series, as well as the addition of four new tracks. Uh, Bathurst. Yay! Suzuka. Yay! Laguna Seca. Yay! <laughs> and... Kyle Kyle Army. Kyle Army. Kyle Army. Yay. And I said it right. Um, so I yes, did not. <laughs> I, no, you didn't. I was quite surprised. It threw me off for a moment. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I've had the chance to have some running with all four tracks. Um, admittedly, I've put a lot more time into Bathurst than any of the others because it came out right around the time of the Bathurst 12 hours. And it's bloody brilliant. Um, <laughs> the... Um, it's, it's what you expect from a Seto Corsa Competizione, to be honest. The tracks are magnificent. They're captured brilliantly. Um, the AI are still just as stellar as they were in the base game, so the racing is absolutely fantastic. Um, I cannot remember at the current moment how much the pack costs. Talk I, think it's about si- I think it's about 16 quid. Obviously yeah, I think it's a little more than that. Yeah, I think well, maybe it's a below bit more 20. For me. Okay. Um, yeah because i was looking at it the other day so the question is is it worth that amount of money yes i would say yes because if you bear in mind that it's four tracks and that's that's roughly a like 16 if we're calling it around 16 pounds that's how much you'll pay for a track on iRacing yes and oh, i would yeah. say that i would say that assetto courses um laser scanning is on par with, if not better, than iRacing's. So if you think of it that way, it's a really good deal to get four cars for that, four, four tracks rather, for that amount of money. Um, so if you have a set of course of competition, I fully recommend that you download the Intercontinental GT pack if you haven't already. If you haven't already, then what are you doing here? Go and buy it now. Um and if it's if it ever goes into a sale, which a set of course of stuff usually does, if the previous games are anything to go by, it's, it's a steal. Um, that being said, is it is it still a little bit too little in terms of content? Could it do with fleshing out a little bit more? Probably. It needs it but needs I, to be allowed to be modded. Yeah, that would be because that's what keeps the set of course of the original game still running. And there's like, some stunning. It's lost no steam. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know whether any of you guys have seen any footage of LA Canyons that was um, uploaded for a set of, or updated, I should say, for a set of Corsa. It's a free roam uh, map for a set of Corsa. Oh, wow. It's um, industry standard in terms of how incredible that mod is. And we, we, took, we spoke about the Kyle Army mod at the end of last year. Again, it's like it was released for the game by the developers and, and it's did, made by one man yeah and didn't, <laughs> and didn't somebody also create because again because i've been watching a lot of jimmy broadbent videos and also dan as well ATI mm. dan. Uh, AMR dan sorry uh daniel yeah um there was a mod created that uh gave a day night a very realistic day night oh sol yes yeah. the uh sol mod for a set of course is essentially given it life past another five years i would say which looks because it's and, full yeah. full day night transitions and to every track looks incredible as well it's it's astonishing and it's, um, meant, it's meant to be accurate to wherever the wherever it is in the world as well 
Yeah, provi- provided the p- people who made the mod tracks provided that information where it should be in the world, it will give you realistic day-night for that area, including star locations and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I would say that modding is something that would make a set of course of Competizione even better. I don't know whether they would be able to do that because of the licensing issues with yeah. um, with uh, Blancpain and the Intercontinental GT series. But even if they bring in DLC for like um, VLN at the Nordschleifer or British GT or Super GT, yeah, actually Super like GT is the one that a lot of people have been saying it really? could happen is, is Super GT series. That would be great to see some of those cars and tracks in a game. Like have to be a the amount of times races. I've lapped Sugo and stuff like that in Project Cars 2. Some of the tracks they have in Super GT are just incredible. But I suspect it would have to be it would have to be um, SRO licensed series. Yeah. So what other series are SRO licensed? Remind me. Uh, we've got what was the Pirelli World Challenge. So a yep. lot of US based ones. Well, that would be good um, you've got because G- you've uh, got... Laguna Seca is good, but we need more. You've got GT have... Asia, so you have Sepang and places like that yep. over there. There's we definitely room have... for expansion. We also have our friends over at British GT. Are they SRO as well? They are SRO. Yeah. Well, that say no more. Right, so basically what we're saying is Kunos, fantastic work with Intercontinental GT, but if you can give us... Pirelli World Challenge, Super GT, and British GT, then I think I may not ever play another game. Oh, and GT4 classes. That would be... Yes, GT4 That would be one thing that would be amazing for a set of course of Competizione. Because the multiplayer is getting there now. It's relatively stable, relatively reliable, and you can actually have a race on there. I know, shock horror. So it's just a case of replayability and varying content. I think that's the thing that they conti- need to continue to work on to ensure that there's a long shelf life for this game. Well, we've yeah. mentioned it quite a lot so far, but I suspect we probably should actually mention iRacing because quite a bit's happened with that re- yes. recently. Well, and we should probably first... start off with our friends at um, Porsche, shouldn't we? Yes. Um, iRacing has been teasing their new Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport coming to the game, and joy upon joys, it shall be here this month. Yay. I'm actually, I'm genuinely excited about that, because I really enjoy the cup car. Yeah. No, um, and I'm really enjoying that car on Forza 7 as well. Mm. Um, it will be a welcome addition to um, the oh, Michelin well, GT Pilot Series? Yes. And I was trying to remember what other cars in there, but it's the M4 GT4 that we talked about. Yeah, yes, is, that is... should be coming toward the end of the year. I've heard rumors of. Yes. Are these ones? Are the? Because this is the one bit. These are going to come in updates, aren't they? Rather than be buy buyable ones. Uh, I think are, these so are buyable ones. They are all. They are. Yeah. Every car that is added will be a buyable oh. one, so it won't be a free addition. I'm a cheapskate. I've only bought two circuits and two extra cars. Yeah, and that's at least £100, isn't it? Uh, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one downside of iRacing, but at least yes. what you pay for is yes, this is This is what I have to look forward to coming up next month. Good no luck money. To, good luck in your um, future endeavours of being poor. Yes. For those who, don't, who didn't catch that earlier, I have purchased myself a PC and will be joining Jordan on the dark side. One of us. Wow, and for those who didn't guess <laughs> yes. earlier on, I too, well, I, I haven't technically bought it yet, but I will have a PC, provided my head doesn't get kicked in first. Um, 
<laughs> yes, because you have a you have a pesky significant other. Yes, uh, uh. but my laptop is my laptop is actually manly enough to um, play a, a, a wide range of titles. It could probably not. do iRacing, to be honest. It does. Well, there you go. Not, what more do you my, need? Not the prettiest, my, but it does do it. My can laptop. you clamp a phonetic wheel to a laptop? I have, I I have mean, a stand. You I, can, I but I don't think that's going to work that well. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just going to use the stand. That, that there I've you got. go. So that's what I'm dusting everything off for, so that I don't have to use a pad. Mm. Yes. Having spent so, 19 quid on a wireless adapter. So, like us, if you are iRacing inclined, be sure to pick up that car whenever it comes out later this month. Huzzah. Yes. Uh, moving on to eNASCAR and iRacing. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, for those who might not have noticed, um, there is a long-running NASCAR series on iRacing that is an official NASCAR championship. Uh, we've talked about it a lot here on the show. It's been on national television over here in the States. Um, Coca-Cola has recently become the premier partner of that um, series that was um, before front headed by um, Pete Canifries. Um So what we're, the news of this month is that coming off of that partnership, um, Coca-Cola is taking a more interest into iRacing and um, eNASCAR as a whole and they will be adding some interesting new content to iRacing. And I'm trying to find the exact name of the circuit on the article that we found. Jordan, are you it finding it? It is the Coca-Cola Super Speedway. Yes. Which the fans will be familiar with. From what game? Uh, NR2002 and NR2003, I believe. And, yes, and who developed that game? Uh... Is it Eurotechnics? I believe Papyrus. Yes. Who is also known for iRacing, aren't they not? Yeah, essentially iRacing is the um, evolution of NR2003. Yeah. So, there you go. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> In a roundabout way, it makes sense. Basically, the uh, one of the de- the developers for iRacing promised um, a couple of months ago on a tweet in a tweet that if Coca-Cola joined as the entitlement sponsor for the um, iRacing NASCAR series, he would bring the Coca-Cola Super Speedway to the service. So, lo and behold, after Coca-Cola were announced as joining the series, he tweeted saying that he is a man of his word and that the Speedway will be coming eventually. He didn't give a time frame, but it will be coming eventually. And if any of you have seen or played any games with uh, Coca-Cola Super Speedway is a bit of a mad track. And that's putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> Think so, the highest banking you could probably have. Yeah. So be sure to look out for that whenever it gets released. I don't, did, did they say there was a release date for that? I don't believe uh, he they said did. eventually. He said be Eventually. Yeah. Okay. So 2021. Got it. Probably, yeah. Probably, I mean, there's yeah. there's much bigger things they should be focusing on right now, and obviously with you know uh, Porsches coming and all sorts of other championships. Hopefully, the IndyCar for 2020 being added. There's there's a lot of other stuff in the pipeline before they come around to bringing us Coca-Cola Super Speedway. Yes. All right. So one of the last pieces of racing news that we have on 
tonight's show, as we are running, as per usual, short on time, um, is the announcement of MotoGP 20. Uh, this will be launching April 23rd across PS4, Xbox One, PC, Stadia, and Switch. So basically, all of the devices. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> We've reached the point in the show where Ben doesn't really know about bikes, so Ben doesn't know what to talk about when it comes yeah, to GP. Yeah, n- neither me, really. It's basically just Matt who um, it's go be, to for two weeks. It will be largely the same with updated. To, to be honest, I it will have updated liveries. And love. I don't know why they're releasing it quite so early, because... It's brilliant that it's being released early. It is. I mean, we discussed this, I mean, we discussed this last month as well. It is very good that it's coming out that early, but then... You run the risk of getting circuit inaccuracies and stuff like that, but mm. I think it'll be it, it, it's very cool, and it also means that where they do the kind of scenario um, uh, element of the game, where you you know you get dropped into a particular race with particular things happening, it certainly happens with, with the historic portion of the games, um, you know, because some of the races potentially will happen as the game comes out. Um, those they should through DLC be able to include more of those, which is never a bad thing. So yeah, yep, yeah. Having more content and more games is never a bad thing. Well, I mean, it's bad if you want to actually have you know time to see family members and do all well your job. So as long as it's as long thing. as it's the right content, though, that's what matters. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, who wants racing cars in an open wheel, <laughs> on an <laughs> open world game? Eh? I mean, that's just silly. Yeah. Um. So in the the last five minutes of the show, unless you have more, do you want to mention that we've forgotten? Are you going to talk about the big S? Yes, I am. Do it. Uh, Do it. Okay. Of course, we have our 12 Hours of Sebring race coming up at the midpoint of the month on March 14th. Hashtag respect um, the bumps. Hashtag respect the bumps. Especially in Forza, because in Forza, they're particularly deadly. <laughs> um there, we've had many signups so far. Um, we've already started to eyeing the reserve list potential because we have limited the entries to 80 just because four lobbies of 20 cars is crazy enough. Um, we're seeing a very similar trend to what we saw with Daytona where it's basically we've had a huge up upswing and people being interested in this in our endurance races. So, yay. Um, I, it will be broadcasted live on various channels. Uh, we have a, we actually do have a stream year scheduled for all four of the lobbies that we are planning on having. Uh, I just want to make sure that I have the proper list of who is in what lobby. As I scroll up here, um, we will have Dustin Moore, AKA virtual Autosports. Um, streaming from Lobby A on our Toro Live channel on Twitch. Um, the guys over at German Racing Team, or GRT, will be racing a B Lobby. A streamer by the name of, and I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, um, Priegel, I believe is how you pronounce it, will be streaming C Lobby, and down in D Lobby will be Bucktide. Um we will make sure that when we get close to the race, we will tweet out everyone's respective links so that you know where to go so you can watch your team. 
Um, also, I understand that our friend Alex Hack will be returning um, with his POV stream for the Forza channel as well. So be, we'll be also tweet out a link so that you can watch his antics there and potentially more talk about my facial hair. <laughs> it's the surrealist thing I've ever... Welcome to the Torah Radio Show, where we occasionally talk about Ben's beard. Yes. <laughs> In the last two or three minutes of the show, um, I do want to mention American Iron. Um, American, or yeah, American Iron has finished up for 2020. Um, thank you all to those who participated. We want to shout out our respective champions for teams independence um in the australian time zone was mrn drifter um who also took the independence title um a bunch of my teammates over at ax4x take the team's title um that's for the for the australian time zone in the eu time zone we had svr solar taking the driver's championship followed by ddm mead and what's key jack otherwise known as Eskidoo Monster, um, with SVR taking the team's championship and THR Tripassin taking the independence championship. And finally, for the U.S. time zone, which we were streaming live on our Torah channel um, with THR flip mode. Again, um, in the driver's championship, we had Williams Harmonic taking home first with Lazarus Diablo and SVR Solo coming in second and third, respectively. Uh, the team's championship was won by Harmonic and Diablo in their team of Popega. Don't ask me what that stands or means. I don't think I could have won if I wanted to. Um, and the Independence Team Championship, I would be Chicago won that. So, again, congratulations to our winners. Thank you all for participating. And I believe if it has already been announced, we'll be launching, announcing our next Thursday night series this week. So, uh, another month, another show of tomfoolery, antics, and shenanigans. And occasional sim racing news. Uh, I've been Ben Williams. Matt has gone off to look up rugby news. Jordan is slowly, slowly (laughs) doing his way across the Atlantic. I think he's somewhere in Greenland by now. Maybe he's maybe in Nova Scotia. I'm getting there. He's getting there. And unfortunately, Louis Saturday was unable to join us. So until next month, where I won't be here because I will be in Africa. Yes, you heard that correctly. Um, you guys will be left in the responsible hands <laughs> of Mr. Matt Hunter. Anyway. God help you all. Yes. Have a good month. I'll See you next to Africa. month. Oh. <laughs> well, that's why I'm going there. Anyway. <laughs> Bye for now. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.